Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Podcast Friday Show. The show that thinks there could be a big cup upset this weekend, especially if we could rest a few players. Uh, we're looking back at last weekend briefly, a potential new star. Well, not that new. I'm looking forward to a weekend of cup fever, hopefully. To do so, I'd like to be joined by the youth of today. It's Lloyd and George. Uh, good afternoon, Lloyd. How are you? Afternoon. Uh, I'm all right. I've been I've been pretty unwell this week, but we're getting there slowly, very slowly. Have I got this wrong? Or are you ill a lot of the time? No, <laughs> no. no. It's just recently. It's rare. Yeah, I'm not an ill. I'm not an ill person at all. I usually just things bounce off me. My missus gets ill all the time, and I right. never get run down with stuff. But um, the last couple of months, I've got a few kind of flus and illnesses. I haven't had a flu jab, so. Maybe that could be it this year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. There's a lot going around, is there not? So, whooping cough is going around apparently as well. I thought oh, no, that's nasty. I thought that's from the 1970s. Once, so yeah. Uh, well, glad you could make it. Glad you're feeling a bit better. So, yeah. Thank you. Were you mate. gonna Were you gonna go at the weekend and not doing it now? I saw your list of um, tickets. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but with it being so soon after. After uh, Christmas and New Year, and also we had to leave. We had to abandon our cat over Christmas. I feel a bit tight abandoning him again. So uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'll be going up this month, surely. I'm just trying to work out which games. Okay, right. And George, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Howard. How are you getting on? Yeah, not bad at all. It's Friday, so you know. And the FA Cup is upon us. I mean, who could not be excited after? The opening game last night on ITV4 <laughs> between Crystal a Palace classic. and Everton. If that's not got you into the cup mood, then what will? So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, Are you all right? Yeah, had a good week? Yeah, yeah, solid week. Um, back to reality after Christmas. Uh, I've managed to dodge the lurgy over, over yeah. the last few weeks. It seems pretty much everybody else I know has had some form of cough or cold or illness so um yeah. let's cross our fingers that we can make it through january as well exactly as but now i've said it out loud and on, <laughs> yep. on a recorded thing i've properly cursed myself haven't i so uh yeah i'll probably be saying i'm ill next week after this but um for now I, I'm, I'm all groovy i absolutely on a podcast about two or three years ago said i've never had a proper cold in as an adult uh i don't need to tell you what happened about three yeah, days later the worst cold uh, you ever had <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not saying anything. So now normally we do have a game to look back on during the week, uh, but not during the week this week, which that was all right with in a way, just watching other stuff. Uh, I'll stick with you, George, uh, before I go to Lloyd, but do you actually enjoy this January schedule we're about to go through where league games ease off a bit after the Christmas rush? Or would you rather we were packing in more league games right now? Um. It's a tough one. It, it it certainly relieves a lot of the stress that you feel when you've got a game of three days because you yeah. do, you're so worried about the footy constantly. So it's nice not to kind of have that. But at the same time, January can be a bit dour and, and everybody's a bit skin and a bit, you know, blue from the fe- after, you know, post festivity. So it might be nice to fill that void with, with a bit more football. But um, I think I think we'll we'll appreciate the rest as, in, as soon as February comes clicks on because from there it's pretty it's pretty relentless and then it's extra time for some of our you know star players to recover so it's probably it is probably needed from us from a squad perspective looks like they've been having a nice week doesn't it so not jealous at all so (laughs) 
wonder where they were. D- did you say where they all were, sir? Because I was looking yeah. around Europe and there's been plenty of rain elsewhere as well. So, but yeah, Holland and KDB sure. look like they were in um, Dubai. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's nailed on sunshine if you go there, isn't it? It's like not taking yeah. any risks. So. Yeah, not jealous at all. Anyway, Lord, what about you? Do you? This switch now. I mean, sometimes in past years we'd have Carabao Cup as well, but there's Newcastle, of course, and then not a lot, is there? A staggered winter break. Uh, some teams play one week, some the other, and, of course, I think Burnley might be the next one on the 31st. So do you actually like this after Christmas or...? I guess, well, so, I, so during Christmas, I love the kind of um, bit like you had that bit in between Christmas and New Year where there's loads mm. of games, loads of football. But I didn't, re- I was looking at the fixtures for January um, over Christmas and I, I was kind of confused why there's this break for City because we've kind of got like a two, it's almost a two week period where there's no games. Uh, I saw like, your tweet, yeah. Yeah, and it completely flowed over my head that we've got this um, kind of winter break, but it's not really a winter break because it's split for different teams. So like mm. Arsenal and Liverpool both play whilst we're off, but we play the week earlier. Um, so it's a bit weird, but I do think it's needed, particularly with how much football there is. I mean, the players are really beginning, I think, to turn the noise up on how frustrated they are with the amount of games. And I know the PFA... Um, are really pushing for it. So I think it's good. And um, I mean, ideally they need a much longer break, not just, you know, 10 days or two weeks. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think it's come at, yeah. I think it's also selfishly come at an okay time for us. It's allowing us to recover, you know, um, Stones, uh, Harlan, yeah. KDB, Doku, they're all back now. And I, th- I think that's the same for everyone else. You know, a lot of teams are really struggling with injuries. Um, but I don't think it's come at necessarily a bad time for City. Yeah. All right, well, let's briefly look back at last weekend, which fell through the net review-wise, because it was New Year. Uh, George, going to start with you. Was this game boring? Question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. No, not for me, because we got a clean sheet in a a league match. So I was very, very happy with it. And it it, it was the kind of game I needed. Um, from a city perspective, you know, total control, um, accurate passing, creating some good chances. Um, you know, Rodri stepping up with a with a nice goal, breaking through the midfield, and um, and yeah, not conceding. So I, I was happy. I mean, probably for for a neutral, I don't think if it had been a from from a neutral's perspective, it's probably a good thing. It was a three o'clock kickoff rather than a uh, half yeah. twelve or half five. Um, but from a City fan perspective, it was I think it was just what we needed. No nonsense and um you know, no casualties and no silliness is uh and that's exactly what I was looking for from this match. Do, does Sheffield United have any obligation to play? Because I they mean, absolutely didn't, did they? No, they they didn't. I mean, what was I think the possession was mad, wasn't it? It was like um I think we had eighty one percent possession in a league match. Um and we had a thousand passes to their two hundred and thirty-three, <laughs> um, and which is a bit mad. I, and I don't think they were really. I think they were they were set up best case scenario draw and to try and stop us scoring. And they did an all right job for periods of that game. You know, we did score the two goals in the end. One was 
kind of Rodri breaking through their shape, which they maybe didn't expect. And and the Alvarez goal was was, was a good goal. So I, I think I think they did the best they could with the players they've got, and I think they'll have probably come away thinking, you know what, at least we didn't get battered five five nil in that match because the amount of dominance that we have, it it could have easily been that. Like, this is probably just me, let's be honest, but I, I still have nerves during this. Yeah, here we go. wasn't wasn't a must win game, by the way. Uh, I still had nerves because of the Palace game before, and that otherwise I wouldn't have had in any other time, which would be routine. Did you feel comfortable throughout this game that it would just eventually end up in some routine home win that we've seen a hundred times in the last few years? Um. Yes. So unlike you, I think there's a there's there is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference between Palace That was pointed. And, yeah, sorry, Alice. <laughs> there's a big difference between Palace, I think, and uh and Sheffield. You know, Palace, even when they're playing poorly, they've still got Eze and Elise, which are, in my eyes, top six players. Um and they could easily play and start for any of pretty much any of the teams in the top six. Sheffield just don't have that. They were depleted a bit by injuries. Um, and so whilst I can understand why you're worried at 2-0, they are the worst team in the division, mm. I'd say quite comfortably. So it would have taken some... I mean, the Palace game was a total freak result for all the reasons that everyone knows, but it would have been that times five if Sheffield would have scored two, I think. I think what scarred me is that Palace equaliser. I'm not even sure they were trying that hard to attack. So no, they were. It was all we might as well have just it? have dribbled it into our own net. The man is the man. The amount of uh, times we messed up in that in about a two minute spell. So, uh, so look, I'll just stay with you briefly. Do you actually consider that a good performance last week? Because it's just one of those professional ones that you forget about as soon as it's finished because they could have scored first half but I think it was a Kanji got a great blocking didn't he from across yeah had a flurry at the end but did you feel that if City needed to at any point they could have stepped it up anyway yeah I think so so it's been a bit of a pattern of recent games for me I uh I couldn't watch the game live um I was going Mm. to another um going to a local game um so I ended up watching it fully again as a replay. And it, and again, I was a little bit surprised by how down some people were on Twitter after the game because, again, hadn't watched it, um, kind of saw the reaction and then watched it the next day on New Year's Eve. I thought, I thought we were pretty good. Um, you know, there was definitely a bit of a tail off in the first half, I think. But second half, I thought we saw... Some really good stuff. Um, Grealish didn't have his best game, which I think was part part of the problem. But I think you know he's Can even we spoken, excuse he's him even, this once. He's, yeah, he's even spoken about. I was just about to say he spoke about it post game. I think um, his head was understandably probably not in it. And yeah. Pep even said himself he probably he kind of imputed that he probably shouldn't have started him um, and that he was thinking of starting Oscar Bob anyway. And Bob, you know. I think made a real impact when he came on and I think he's really done so far this season what Palmer didn't manage to do last season which was when he, you're given your kind of crumbs of opportunity really make the most of them um so I think Bob I think Bob made a big impact obviously amazing pass for the for the second goal 
Um, so no, overall, I thought we were thought we were better than people said. Defensively, I thought we did fine. That Akanji kind of block was the only real scare moment. Um, and I think we saw, you know, some of the typical patterns that maybe we haven't seen at certain points this season. Got Foden on the ball a lot. Rodri was imperious. Record number of passes, was it? Beating Gundo against Swansea, I think. Yeah. Um, so no, I was I was very happy overall. Well, nice segue to Oscar Bob, George. Uh, he's now at the stage of being subbed on for Grealish is perfectly normal, but I, as Lloyd hinted at, he probably would have been re- prepared to start him as well. Is that where we're at now? Is he a squad player? How high is his ceiling? More questions to come. Have we seen enough of him to make such judgments? Because I think my issue is, I haven't still haven't seen a lot of him, but what I'm seeing is very promising indeed. I think he's definitely a squad player for the first team now. And I think the kind of the pep quotes... Um, around Christmas time about him kind of solidify that as well saying that he's he's calling him the reality and all that kind of stuff hmm. so if that's the, the language Pep's choosing to speak about him in I think we should take that as, as what it is and that he is a, a fully fledged member of the first team now in terms of how high his ceiling is well I'd, I'd like to think you know it's it's pretty damn high with what we've seen so far I just think for him and for maybe me as a fan as well, I'm still just not sure what his best position on the pitch for this City team will be. And I don't think that's a massive priority right now. I think the priority is just game time because he does play so well whenever he plays either right wing, left wing, or as in a kind of an attacking centre mid. So so I don't think getting that position nailed down is, is urgent, but I think it's something that I would like to see just to know how high his ceiling can be. And I think hopefully this game on Sunday will will be a start for him so we can see him from the outset and like like Lloyd said he's he's grasped all the opportunities he's been given so far this season so it'll be nice to see again at the Etihad on Sunday if he is given the opportunity to start for him to make a real impact because I think if he keeps doing that then by the end of the year we could we could have we could have seen a lot of him compared to maybe not so much of him as much as we'd maybe like in the first half of the season. Lloyd, that your thoughts and yeah. with the added comment that pass is mm. probably a Kevin Oosh. De Bruyne pass of the season contender if he'd done it. I don't know how he saw it. Four, four players. No, even as you're watching it, the pass isn't on, is it? Until no. he makes it. No, it was a bit of threaded is the word I would use to describe that pass. Um, Through the eye of a needle, yeah. Very good. No, I. so I agree with everything George just said there. I think the one other thing I would add, and I think this really is the key point with Bob, is that you know the the context is everything, and our squad this season is too small. But that's a great thing for him; it's going to afford him more opportunities. As we've seen, you know, a couple of injuries, Oscar Bob is our only attacking option to bring off the bench. Now, you know, in certain games, Pep won't want to use him, and I understand that. But by pure nature of numbers, the guy is going to be more involved than he would be if it, you know he was in City squad two, three seasons ago. And that that being said, you know, I, I still think he's had a decent number of opportunities this season. And when I talk opportunities, I mean coming on really in Premier League games. Um mm. you know, 
our youth players have always kind of played minutes in in some of the cup competitions. But if you've been given Premier League minutes by Pep, that shows that he really does trust you. And if you can grasp those 20, 30, and obviously this was almost like a full half, then you'll only grow um, in kind of Pep's estimations and you might be able to become a bit of a Rico Lewis where, you know, now... Rico's at the point where if any of us see him in the starting 11, you don't bat an eyelid, do you? You're just like, no. absolutely fine. Oh. Don't think Oscar Bob's there yet, but um, I really hope that that performance kind of gives Pep the confidence to start him uh, in the FA Cup because I think he deserves it. And I think he's he's shown in his kind of limited flashes that he's definitely got the quality. George, just final question on youth players. Is it a quality thing, this, or is it something else? I, I said to the previous pod, it might have been just the review of the year when we came, you know, we mentioned uh, Bob right at the end. Key thing with youth players now is that they seem to stroll into the first team and immediately look at home and look a natural fit. Do you agree that something's changed in players that we get into the first team now? It's kind of key as to whether they get picked again, is that feeling that they belong in this side. Definitely. I think what we're seeing in in recent years is kind of the fruits of the labour of what the club set up in terms of our academy and, and, and the club and the new training ground and all, all that kind of stuff and trying to have the City Academy and youth set up similar to, you know, the kind of like lauded ones of, of Barcelona and Benfica where everybody from the men's women's teams from like the under sixes upwards all plays with a certain identity and to certain mm. values and that's trickled down from the first team and the first team are involved with the youth players and they see them at training all this kind of stuff and I think it it creates we've created a product in a sense and these players are are that product and so now when one of them steps into the first team I'm at first I was shocked at how they all kind of acclimatised and how good their touch was and their passing and their their movement. But then now there's were so many youth players down the line where I'm I'm no longer shocked anymore. It's kind of, oh yeah, they fit. They they look like they've been playing with these players for, for a few years and that's quite a start, startling thing really. But and I and I think now we the 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 difference is for them players who look a fit to then being kind of fully-fledged members of the first team and stars like Foden and Rico is you've got to seize your opportunities and you've got to have an impact. You can't just play and look like you fit in. You've got to play and have that impact. And And I think with Bob having his impact this season, I think we're seeing more of our youth players now, not only looking good, but having an impact as well. Yeah. And Lloyd, Kevin De Bruyne, biggest cheer of the afternoon perhaps. I was... Bigger cheer than the goal, maybe goals. Was it? Know. You were there. Uh, it was. It was big. Let's play that way. It was, it, was, it was definitely. It was definitely up there. Um, yeah. In terms of level with the noise for the goals. <laughs> Did you ever think Lloyd was ever going to come on, or was he just there for some uh, moral support and marketing purposes? No, I don't. I don't think, given Pep's comments, he was probably ever going to come on. Um, but I don't think. Either it's entirely marketing. There was obviously the five trophies, so I think, you know, he's there for photo purposes. But equally, and again, didn't see the game, but 
quite a few of the journalists I saw were tweeting around about 45 minutes before the game saying that De Bruyne was going through quite a rigorous warm-up. Um, mm. So actually, I think, you know, it probably would have helped him just to do some more, you know, light training, um, jogging up and down, a bit of ball work. Um, so I think a bit like it's happened a few times with Stones where he's never going to come on, but it's a similar situation. You can tell they just want him to run around a bit and just yeah. do some light training. So I think that combined with the trophies and just having him there um, means that we're probably, I think we're probably there now for the Huddersfield game. I, th- I think there's a chance that he will actually play some minutes. I think he's been back in training now for, I looked at the calendar, I make it three yeah. weeks. Um, so I'm not a doctor. I don't know if that's long enough given the hamstring injury, but I, you know, I, I think you can assume that he'd been grading it up for this last three weeks. So, yeah, let's say behind behind closed doors game, maybe or something like that. I don't know. It's uh, who knows. Mm. Right. Well, ended comfortable victory in the end. Good way to end the year. Uh, Some plenty of results gone uh, gone quite nicely over the last couple of weeks as well. So. Just what finish this little section with the state of play really at the year end. George, I'll start with you. You're feeling better than a month or so ago. Uh because well, I think a lot of us <laughs> we're not uh, just performances and results wise, just the Aston Villa stands out above all others, I would say. We're not feeling good about this season at all, even if even taking past history into account. One month later, come back from Saudi Arabia. Won at Everton, beat Sheffield United. I say, drop Arsenal's arse has gone already. Uh, are you feeling a bit better? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. I was, I was never total doom and gloom, um, and r- mm. and I never wrote us off at any point. But after the Villa match, I was, I was concerned just on the basis that you know I've seen us lose games under Pep and all that kind of stuff. But in recent seasons, I've haven't seen us you know swept swept away kind of physically. And technically in a match for, you know, so long. So it just, yeah, I think it was all a bit of shell shock for, for everyone. But now, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very good as we're in the new year. And I think if there was a real, real top team outside of us in this league, um, we would have maybe be dead and buried by now with, with the games that we've lost and, and, and drawn in quite quick succession. Um, so I think. I think we're in a great position and with the game in hand, if we if we do win that, we'd be what, two points off top spot. So mm. I, I'm I think I think it's still it still could go either way. I still back us to win it and but I think Liverpool are a proper threat and I think Arsenal could I know they've had maybe their trickiest patch of the yeah. season and the trickiest patch maybe in the last few seasons in re, in the recent games, but I still think they can, if they can get their mentality together and get that siege mentality thing going that they had last season for a bit, they could be a threat as well. But I think it's set up for a very exciting um, second half of the season. Lloyd, what about you? Two horse race or not? I wouldn't rule out Arsenal just yet. Although, just to, yeah, just to put it, two weeks ago, I think they're dead. They're the main threat. They're just better mm. organised. Now I'm reading articles about all the things that are wrong at Arsenal, about how the system don't work. So this is why I never tweet anything out because you just get proven wrong so quickly, don't you? So, Well, the thing is, the weird thing is, the narrative, actually, if you've been following 
what Arsenal and Liverpool fans have been saying actually has been for both of them they've not been playing that well and they've been getting results and um, mm. Liverpool fans in particular when they got the United draw were, were starting to say you know we've scored so many late winners we've been really lucky we've had some decent refereeing decisions recently that have gone for us we're not playing that well we're not we're not title challengers and then you know they've had some better results recently um obviously completely wiped the floor with Newcastle um, and they're beginning to get some players back. Although I think the real key context at this next month or so is the kind of players that aren't going to be available because of international tournaments and City are almost uniquely unaffected by that, which is surprising um, and doesn't feel like that's well, how it's the long-term for. plan, you see, thinking ahead. Yeah, well, no, I mean, look, losing Salah is, uh, is huge for Liverpool. He is... Their best player. It, he's there. But three games or so. Does it? Will it make much difference? Really? Well, it depends on it depends on how deep they go because their fixtures are okay um, yeah. during that period. But if they if Egypt progress out of the groups, then it definitely gets more difficult for Liverpool. But the re- I think even three games is a bit of a problem because Salah's the only one that scored goals for Liverpool this season. They've they've not really scored that many goals across the team. You know, Nunez is just the most, he's just the most kind of incredible player. Yeah, I just, you just can't work him out. Uh, After 18 months, you think he'd have settled more, but in front of goal, he just kind of loses his head still. And there's a lot of great stuff in his game. And then Arsenal, um, like you, I probably, you know, I was a bit scared of how resolute they looked and I think the Luton away game even though they won that was the first time where you kind of went what the hell uh, when they conceded two and since then they've been a bit like a sieve and their attack has completely dried up mm. um, there's lots of discourse around how bad Martinelli's been they're beginning to discover that Jesus isn't a great goal scorer which surprisingly thought he was um, <laughs> he's always been a great player that you know can't score really score goals and I think actually a lot of his best moments for us came when he played wide didn't it um, so yeah things look very different to what they did a few a few, even a few weeks ago and I actually think the Club World Cup probably seems like it might have had a bit of a galvanising effect for the team more just to go away bit of a yeah. kind of refresh spend some time together somewhere else um, I think that that could have helped so yeah, we're looking good. I think we're probably now back to being favourites. Well, we, we've always been favourites with the bookies, but make of that what you will. Bookies are rarely wrong, but we're about two, two to three on now, uh, and we were even when we we're favourites, we went to about six to four, something like that, uh, a few weeks ago. Now we're two to three on. Obviously, it all changes very quickly. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot and, of them and of course, bookies are just being cautious. Well, bookies are cautious because they're past history as well, aren't they, Lloyd? So. Yeah, no, 100%. And a lot of the models had just started to switch either Liverpool or Arsenal ahead of us. Um, yeah. But but yeah, like you say, I think now, like, and with the bookies who are more cautious, City, I looked at the odds this morning, are quite clear favourites. Yeah. Now, I know a transfer window slams shut. I don't know how it opens, does it? Creek open at midnight, New Year's Eve. No idea, but Blast George, open. yeah, Blast open, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, but not a lot really happens, does it? Really does, you know. So I think it's a very understated thing that happens. I don't know. But George, starting with you, we're not really expecting much January activity, are we? Incoming? No, no. I mean, I think the Phillips situation. And some people have kind of alluded to the fact that if if he does depart, maybe they'll look to get a replacement in. But then. You know, the list of people that they're drawing up that to replace him, the likes of Joshua Kimmich, and they're going to be very hard to very hard to pry out of places like Bayern Munich mid-season. So, no chance. Yeah, and I just, I, I can't see that myself. I'd love Kimmich as a, as a Phillips replacement, though. I'd yeah. absolutely love It'd that. It'd be all right, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, you know, yeah, casual, casual one there. It's, um, <laughs> but it's... Uh, so I, I'd like to see that, but I, I just I just can't see it happening myself. I think I think the most important thing for the club is is sorting the Phillips situation out. We've we've seen the constraints of FFP on on certain clubs, and I know we've earned a lot more money in prize money and television rights because of going you know, the treble and going so far in so many competitions. But you know he was bought for fifty million or uh, forty to fifty million, and um, you know hopefully if we can sort out a deal. And a loan, and maybe an obligation to buy. We can recoup some of that, and you know, and reinvest it into into the playing staff because we do need a Rodri replacement at some, not a replacement, rather Rodri cover at some at some point because we've seen what happens this season when he's suspended or injured, and everybody at the club when we were watching the club club World Cup match, that slow mo tackle on him. I think everybody's Ugh. hearts were in their mouths. It was, it was, everyone was winsing. And we, at one point, nobody's bothered if we win or lose in, no. in that final. We just wanted to know if he was safe. So I think if Phillips does depart, we, the Rodri cover should be looked into, but I don't know if they will action it in January. It's very unlike City to do so. Yeah. My, if my mate Gareth is listening, uh, Noz. I apologise to him for snapping at him at the pub in that point because I honestly <laughs> sat there and went, our oh, season's over. And he was like, I oh, know his face. Oh, no, he's just dirty his ankle. I went, oh, so, you know, no, it's cruciates. <laughs> I was like, he's done his cruciates. Cru- you can walk off with cruciates. I was like, really snapping at everything. I went from like just having a casual night in the pub to like, oh, so, oh that's it. <laughs> that's it now, just roll on next season. So, yeah, not knee-jerk reaction whatsoever. So, yeah, I went into a right grump for... Uh, well, for quite a while, and then I think he jumped it up and down once he on the trophy uh, thing, so and I felt a bit better then. So uh, Lloyd Phillips just needs to go somewhere, does he not, this month, irrespective of what was short of. But, I mean, if he don't play, it doesn't make much difference, does it? I find it weird that other clubs seem to think we're a charity, you could just take him. Phillips needs to get himself out of Manchester City for his own good. He should have left in the summer. Yoros. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the writing was on the wall in the summer. I don't, I can't believe he didn't get the message. Because um, City, I know for a fact City told him and his agent, you know, that we were going to welcome approaches um, and that he should maybe consider going. But no, he said he wanted to stay and fight, which, you know, in in times gone past, I've kind of valued that from players like Zinchenko yeah. or whatever who forced their way in. But there's clearly something different with Phillips. Pep just doesn't, for whatever reason, whether it's personal, whether it's playing style, whatever, he just doesn't rate him. Um, and yeah, with the Euros in the summer and the fact that England do have that kind of open position in midfield, he he just he should be trying to career his way out of um, out of City. The Juve thing makes me laugh because they are just 
fucking shit houses. Every time they go for a player, it's just you know a bit of pursuit privately, and then they'll come out. Like I saw the director say yesterday, "Oh no, we can't do these figures. It's just not going to happen." But you know, on the thirtieth of January, they'll give you some shit house low ball offer, <laughs> and we'll end up we'll end up saying no, and then. Then in February you'll, you'll get them crying about um, you know why how how come it didn't happen? F- Phillips for me can't afford to wait for that. He needs to he needs to get out yeah. of City this month. Um, uh, apparently David Ornstein, who is probably the most reliable journalist around, said that Juve's his preference and to go abroad is his preference. But I mean he he needs to be taking whatever he can, whether that's Fulham, whether that's Palace, um, etc. He needs to get out of City. And yeah, I don't expect that we'll sign anyone to replace him because City just don't do those kind of deals in January unless someone is available. Top players usually aren't. The only kind of deal I could see would be another loan. But again, we don't do that. So I think we're just going to go with that. Just very quickly, if Oscar Bob does Lloyd just develop really quickly now, does that make you feel any better? You know, you said we're short with two... well, uh, one or two plays short. I think we've all agreed that during the season. If Oscar Bob can nail down a proper squad place, will that make you feel better? Or is it? Do you still feel whatever happens with him, we just we could, if the opportunities arise, should be bringing in at least one player. I think it it, it would because at the moment the, the the most open position on the pitch, starting eleven wise, feels like right wing, mm. even though Bernardo at the moment has kind of got it locked down. It's obviously not his prime position, is it? And we've not... Yeah. Well, they don't have to play there, do they? The players who play there don't have to play there. So Exactly. So if if Bob were to kind of really come into his own in the second half of the season, it means that you could move Foden into midfield more or play Bernardo centrally. And so then your midfield just looks a bit bit stronger. Um, the reality is, though, I mean, Phillips plays so little that losing him, in effect, actually probably means you don't really get any weaker. Uh, and if Rodri, if Rodri did do his cruciates against uh, Huddersfield at the weekend, I don't think Phillips would play that much anyway from now until May. Mm-hmm. So, uh, such a weird situation to be in. But um, he obviously needs replacing in the summer. I, I actually think City should do maybe a bit of a rethink off the back of Phillips and instead of signing someone who's just like a pure number six, I think they should probably try and sign someone who can play there and is a really strong performer there but can actually play as a number eight as well because Rodri's so good and his availability is so strong that actually spending that money for someone who's ostensibly going to sit on the bench a lot, probably less than Phillips because he's just not rated, I don't know whether that's the right strategy. So, But that's one for the summer. George signing young talent with, I think, let's go. As, uh, <laughs> let's go with Echeverry, <laughs> if I've said it right, Echeverry. Do young talent like that or signing up excite you almost as much as a big name signing? Um, it, maybe it wouldn't have in the past, but on off the back of a few of the deals we've done and like um, you know the Jesus deal when we signed him from South America and then mm. the Alvarez one, um, I am actually very you know optimistic about the deal. I know we're probably not going to see him in a city shirt for at least a year, if not maybe more with the way the deal's structured. Um he's going back out on loan um to back straight back to River Plate. But it's an exciting prospect. If he's anywhere near as good as Alvarez when he when he does finally uh, turn up to City, then I think, you know, the club will be uh, rubbing the hands together because 
it's a, it's a fairly big fee, I guess, for somebody unproven. But when you compare it to the fees that you people pay for very very average uh, Premier League players, or even what are supposed to be you know stars, and then they turn out to be flops, I think you know it's a good investment. And I think he's going to be at River Plate. There was talk of him maybe going on loan to another club in the CFG, so that would be interesting as well if he did come to Europe in that aspect, especially with somebody like Girona who are doing very well in the Liga, but. Any Argentinian signing or South American one, there's just something a bit more exciting about them, isn't it? Then, mm. you know, signing, I don't know, somebody from Switzerland at that age, it's just, it just doesn't it? have the same uh, appeal to it. No, well, you did say it's like the Julian Alvarez effect. Uh, I think in the past we'd sign players like this and you think, well, we'll probably never see him. So, yeah. until I do see him in a city, in a, you know, a city shirt, I'm not going to get excited. But now you feel that we are looking to bring these players in. We're looking for the top talent, young talent, and they do have a pathway to the to the side. Yeah, exactly. And and the, it's been proven in the last few years that that's where your money's probably best spent. You know, look at what Brighton mm. have been doing with their scouting in South America and picking up gems left, right and centre for, you know, 12 mil and under. And then they just, and then they play well, get build a profile for themselves and then they sell them on for massive profit. So, it's um it's a very fruitful um hunting ground for some of the, the world's top players and uh yeah who knows if he'll ever will make it to the city first team but uh, it's an exciting exciting yeah. dream um the for if he gets anywhere near it yeah the chat's very exciting about his potential but we will see patience with his as you say for that kind of money he has to be a player that they're looking at the first team at his age i think Do you yeah think? it's it's big Definitely. money yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of money for someone of that age. I think. I think they think he can play for City. Definitely. Mm, true. Right. It's almost the end of part one. But Lloyd, just very quickly, looks like quite a few away from City. <laughs> well, kind. Is it ever away from City? Talk of this. Looks like a few teams are coming a copper with financial fair play or spending limits. Uh, have you had a little chuckle to yourself this this week? Uh, opposition fans slowly dawning on them that financial fair play might not be set up for their convenience or advantage. Yes and no. I think it depends who the fans are. Um for example, I don't love I don't love it when I can see Everton or like Forest fans, you know, rightfully I think in their instances a bit frustrated with how the mm. the executives at their clubs have, have run them and, you know, if they fall foul and there are points deductions, and that's kind of what's being muted now for Forest. And I do feel bad for those fans, to be honest. But when you know, when you get United fans complaining about it, fuck me. I mean, that's the chickens coming home to roost, isn't it? Um, mm. One of the big architects in the way that the kind of FFP was constructed in the first place, in terms of lobbying the Premier League. Um, you know, City fans are pretty clued up on FFP. I think because of the way that City have had to fight it and, you know, we all have to become experts in kind of finance and law and, <laughs> you know, different yeah. elements of corporate life. I think we, we've we known for a while that it's maybe not this kind of halo effect over clubs um, that it's been imputed by the Premier League to be. It, it, you know, it is. I think it is anti-competitive. Uh, it is stringent in strange places. It's kind of... You know, it runs contrary to how a lot of businesses are run in the world. Um, you know, how do how does a startup start and then grow like Uber or whatever to be really big? Well, they have to spend a load of money and run a massive deficit for a number of years. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, I understand from the Premier League why, you know, they want to control spending and stop clubs going under. But I think the way it's been constructed is not necessarily with that pure aim, is it? I think we know that. So I've enjoyed some of the United fans kind of bleating on about how they can only sign loan players. But, you know, lads, when you've got the second highest turnover in the league, um, up until the last two years, been by far and away the highest. And um, you've had, you know, the players that you have... I mean, United, United have literally only got themselves to blame. The fact they're even in this situation is ridiculous. Well, Kieran Maguire said on the Prize of Football podcast, listed to it last night, it's £1.9 billion pounds of per player purchases since Ferguson left. So, yeah. Right, man. 85 for Anthony. I mean, wow. Get, get that tiny violin out for them. So, I don't know what the perfect. Uh, system is to be honest I'm not I understand investments fine but it has its downsides as well but I don't know this isn't it I don't think it's really set up for the good of football that's the, the key thing it was set up by certain clubs to maintain the status quo but I think we've been saying that for a very long time now so we will say right that is the end of part one uh, just before this recording I spoke to Huddersfield fan Tom about all things Terriers and this is what he had to say I'm delighted to be joined by Tom from the And He Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, good afternoon, Tom. How are you? Hi, Howard. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, yeah. Not bad at all. Uh, good Christmas, New Year. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, the results weren't too bad for town. So <laughs> that was the, yeah, Away yeah. from football, did you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Away from football, yeah. I had a nice quiet one, which was a nice change to being up and all over the place. So, yeah. Yeah. I've got to ask you, the name of the podcast and he takes that chance. I'm going to guess that's from a certain commentary. Where what's it referred to? Yeah, so it's not it's not a ma uh, it's not a guy called Andy takes that chance, um, which I always find funny whenever, especially a Northerner says it. People, are, <laughs> and, who's Andy? Um, yeah. It's uh, when Christopher Schindler scored the penalty to get us to the Premier League. It's the commentary that I think it was on Sky Sports after he uh, after he scored. They said that, yeah. Ah, brilliant. Most importantly, I know I noted on your Twitter uh, handle that you're sponsored by Magic Rock Brewery. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, uh... I can't tell you how jealous that makes me. <laughs> well, yeah, it's beautiful when we get to have our end of season podcast there and everything. And uh, I've I've drank a lot of uh, the town lager as well because uh, I, I don't think it was. Um, been brewed since you you'll have last been there but there's now a, a dedicated lager down at the stadium by magic rock which is oh, pretty really? decent as well yeah yeah we drew nil nil i mean who could forget this game the nil oh, nil yeah. in the fa cup i can't remember was it 16 17 so yeah the season we got promoted yeah that was yeah it. so i went to magic rock that day but i actually went new year's eve one year as well uh, which oh, was really you? good so it's nice. a so cracking little place in it and the it beer is, yeah. is off the scale anyway Last few years at Huddersfield, I've put in the notes, it's been very up and down. Uh, is that stating the obvious uh, or understating it? Uh, is it due mostly to instability off the field since your allegation from the Premier League? I think so as well. I think it's a bit of... Um, Dean Hoyle got ill, um, couldn't really run the club anymore, sold it to a man called Phil Hodgkinson, who hmm. um, is also a town fan. But um, things didn't work well for Phil. I mean, it was during the the 
time of COVID as well. He, he yeah. famously went on BBC Look North and um, predicted that hundreds of clubs would be in financial ruin after COVID. And um, it kind of looks like we're one of the only clubs who <laughs> have, struggled, <laughs> have really struggled after COVID. So it's kind of, uh, was he trying to save face a bit with predictions to come just for him? But um, he ended up leaving and Dean Hoyle took back over, which obviously is going to, gonna disrupt things quite a bit but yeah dean dean wasn't kind of able to put in the money that he was doing before um and then now we've um been taken over by um an american called kevin nagel who owns sacramento republic so yeah um i, th- I think the last few years definitely haven't helped in that sense we, we haven't really brought in players we had the really good season with carlos carbram where we got to the playoff final and i don't know if you saw that some Dodgy VAR, well, not VAR decisions, um, denying us potentially two penalties against Forest, um, yeah. and then we lost. Very well, actually, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, Howard, and we lost us two best players to Forest and didn't replace them. And um, since then, we have uh, been struggling. Um, so yeah, we're touch wood. It's looking like we're actually making some signings this January, though. So hopefully, things are are going to change for town. So the takeover itself. Has it brought? Was it in June? I think was it. Has it brought renewed optimism at all? Or does it feel like not a lot's changed? Does it's he talk a, the talk as well? Or? It's a really weird feeling. I, I I kind of feel sorry for him a bit. I mean, um, he's saying a lot of stuff, um, mm. and and in my eyes, he's kind of delivering. He's doing a lot of off the field stuff. I mean, we've we've got a fan park finally. That kind of thing. He's he's so keen to buy the stadium because the stadium's part owned by us um the giants rugby team and um the council and the council are in massive debt so um we're trying yeah. as best to buy the stadium and he can do more with that then um he's he when he joined there was a bit of a a thing around we didn't really get anyone in in uh in summer um and there was a, something about transfer embargo kind of thing going on there but he seems to be putting his money where his mouth is in January. There's a lot of names flying around. We've already brought in um, Matos, Alex Matos, I think it is, uh, from Chelsea, youth lad. Um, we've got quite a good relationship with Chelsea, actually. They seem, to be get, they seem to give us quite a few gems, so hopefully he's another one. Um, and then there's a few names on the horizon. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of town fans, are, because it's been a build-up of, like, Look, we I don't we weren't lucky to get to the Premier League, but we weren't spending a lot of money then either. And then yeah. the kind of thing that people have potentially got annoyed about it, like this whole oh we'll get to the Premier League, it'll sort us out for years. Well, and yeah. and it hasn't. It if anything, it's it's <laughs> it's hindered us. And um, I think it's been a, a build up of eight years of town fans just being frustrated. And unfortunately for Kevin Nagel, he's come in and he's kind of getting the brunt of yeah. what what potentially Dean Hoyle and Phil Hodgkinson would have got if they were still knocking around. Um, but hopefully he seem, he says a lot of good things. And for me, they're starting to, they're starting to show and um, hopefully it continues. Yeah. So Neil Warnock came in last season, did he not? Uh, kept you up. Miracle, miracle worker. I see he's a firm favorite with Hudson's fans after doing that. Yeah. Well, he's, um, town legend in he? I think he got us promoted in 94 to the now championship and then unfortunately left I mean that's a that's another one in it if, if we'd have kept hold of him I'm 
sure we'd have been in the Premier League a lot yeah. earlier than we were. Yeah. Um, and then he's come back and, and done that, kept us up. Um, and I was hoping for a year of Warnock just yeah. because... I'd, I just, we'd have finished 14th and I, it's so mad, Howard. I think it's something stupid like in the last um, 20 seasons, we've had um, two seasons where we haven't either been in a relegation battle or a playoff promotion yeah. uh, yeah. fight. So it's it's not, I mean, it's exciting being a town fan, but it ain't half stressful, you know. It's stressful, I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just hoping for Warnock for the whole season because I'd, I'd he'd finish us mid table with that squad and overperforming. But yeah, he, he uh, unfortunately left. I mean, sounded like they they had their man in Moore and they went for it, um, and that's where we're at now, uh, Darren Moore. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Your history sounds like City in the late nineties, which was just relegation, relegation, promotion, promotion, relegation, promotion. <laughs> then it settled down basically, even before the takeover. So yeah, no, never a dull moment. Just every season, like, I wouldn't mind being mid-table. Yeah, and then <laughs> just one season, so I could chill out. Look, that Darren Moore, from me as a non-expert, comes across as really nice guys, but that don't really matter. <laughs> For fans, you do, you want results, don't you? And a respected manager, but it's fair to say he has not hit the ground running, has he, this season? No. Um, the more draw has become a threat amongst town fans. It's something like maybe nine nine draws in these 18 mm. games he's been in charge of with just three wins. Um, a lot of people kind of, Pointing at the Wayne Rooney sacking this weekend, um, it's it's really difficult though because we we have got a lot of injuries. Um, he's coming to a team that uh, I mean, you look at the bench every week and it's it's just it's not good enough. It's a bunch of kids um, and players who just aren't at championship level. So yeah. I think if if we do get a few, we need I think four or five signings just to give him that that boost on the bench if anything i don't mind him i really hope he's i think you you hope any manager succeeds don't you when they come to you of club. course yeah um but he's, he is a nice bloke um he's just i mean the problem is he's he's already lost quite a few town fans because we went on we went on this run where i think for three games in a row we conceded four goals uh four nil four nil and four one and one of those was a four nil, a four one defeat away at Leeds, which obviously won't have gone down well with town fans. Um, so he's got a lot of work to do to win them back. Thankfully, this last couple of weeks we've actually started to see a kind of style of play and something that was promised was attacking football when Darren Moore came in, and yeah. um, that is that is probably one of the stupidest things you can ever say as a sporting director, isn't it? Is saying, "Oh, we're we're gonna we're don't, gonna bring in attacking football." Yeah, don't make promises. Yeah. Never make never make promises like that. But for the first time in, um, I think it's these last three games we've uh, we've had. Uh, double figure shots on target, uh, shots at goal. Sorry, not on target. Yeah. Um, so, which is which is brilliant to see that they're actually kind of going for it. We're definitely creating more chances. We're having more touches in the box than before. So, um, beat beat Blackburn three 0 that you're uh, exactly. So, but it's that kind of thing, Howard. We're actually taking like you looked at the stats of that, and we had more shots than them, 
Um, whereas you look at games before, we were only having like five or five or six shots. And as hmm. as as amateur and <laughs> like pedestrian as it sounds, if you don't shoot, you don't score, do you? And it's <laughs> like part of the game, isn't it? So yeah, um, hopefully it works out for him. But um, yeah, it's so, it's going to be a tough test for him for the rest of the season. So if you bring in players in the January window, what which positions most need strengthening <laughs> throughout? <laughs> or do you just want to know yeah. every position? Do you know what? I've always back four all season has been pretty solid, and then we've yeah. picked up a couple of injuries recently, and then Nakayama's going on uh, Japanese duty, um, so we we lose him for a month, maybe. I think it is. Um, Has he gone already? Or? Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he might have gone last week. So, right. so you lose him for a bit. Um, which, so now it's kind of like, oh god, we're looking a bit like. Um, but I tell you, back four is pretty pretty standard every week. Then just got this Alex Matos from Chelsea who probably slots in the middle. Look, every team says it. We need someone who can score goals. We need yeah. we need someone who score goals. But I, th- I think across the board, if you have kind of if we bring in another defender, another midfielder, and a and a striker, potentially two strikers, um, I think that's what we're looking at. Really, goalkeeper. We've got two good goalkeepers, but they keep picking up these odd injuries as well. So, uh, yeah, that's another one, maybe. But I, I won't say that's as desperate. But yeah, across the board, um, it's kind of just you, you. We need we need like I won't say first team spine Howard, Do you know what I mean? We just yeah. need that. We need some. We need it for when people get injured that someone could come in and and do a job, a competent job. And know the league, and not be why the twenty-year-old coming off the bench and playing Stoke or whatever, and getting pushed around. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, the match this weekend. Do you you annoyed it's been moved to Sunday? Like I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still live I, I mean, three o'clock on a Saturday. You see, I'm quite surprised it even got picked for TV. To be honest, well, it's not. I think it's only on the iPlayer. It's not on the main TV. If you turn yeah. your TV on, it wouldn't be there. So, so, so they moved it for an iPlayer. But... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's got to be Saturday three o'clock, I think, really. If you yeah. want anything, it just Sunday just makes it that bit awkward. And the train's over from Huddersfield to Manchester <laughs> are, are as reliable as ever. So, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You've been getting a fair few on Sunday. I think, I think... I've been kicked out of my seat again in the third Well, that's it. We've sold out, um, which we were kind of surprised by um, in our our WhatsApp group. But um, it was a a very reasonable price, wasn't it? And Huddersfield fans fans are suckers for a bargain. So um, (laughs) whatever it was, is it 6,000 maybe we might be bringing? I think it's. So that top tier will be around there, yeah, five to 6,000. So So whatever that allocation was, yeah, we'll, we'll... They'll be there. Um, yeah, being it'd just be nice if uh, we had a few more of those turn up at some of the other games, really, as well. Because we, <laughs> I think, we had so much stupid, like maybe two hundred and fifty at Swansea the other month. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> do you think uh, Darren Moore going to play his stronger side? Then, do you think, or is everything intent? I mean, mm. you've got injuries, so that limits your options, perhaps anyway. But yeah. Uh, is he just thinking about staying up this season? Well, I had this argument on the... We did a, a separate FA Cup show today where it's like, cup runs are good for sides, but some, yeah. but all sides are always like, 
pretty weak inside out in the FA Cup because they're either going for promotion or fighting relegation, yeah. one or the other, and they always do it. And it's like, how do you think he's going to approach, approach this match? Just put out his stronger side or not? We've got a massive game next Saturday against Plymouth and Plymouth, Plymouth yeah. have kind of have kind of dropped off a bit to the, the, the start they had at the, the beginning of the season. So I think it's one of those. I think if we, we beat them, we, we might even at least go level with them on points or jump frog them up. At leapfrog them at home as well. So, um, but the the thing is, Howard can't really play a weakened side because mm. we're kind of that lacking yeah. in in squad depth. If he plays a weakened side, it is probably going to be the under 18s <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> and he's not um, going to do that, and he's it? not going to do that. So it, it will probably the side will probably be quite similar to what we see every week. You might you might have three or four who start like Romani, Edmonds Green might start in the middle and Tom Edwards might get a run out at right back if he's not left to go back to Stoke yet, which um rumours are he might have. Um and Jacob Chapman will probably start in next, I think, um the young young Australian we've got. So I'd I'd say maybe three or four you'd say who wouldn't normally start will start but I think you'll still see the likes of Sauber Thomas, um, Michael Michael Hellick, and uh, uh, Danny Danny Ward. If he's if he's back from injury, would we'll, we'll be starting up top potentially. Just how many players you've got out at the moment that in a normal week could be in contention Ooh, to play the first team? I think is it that bad? I think it's moved. It changes every week. I think last week we got it down to just five, and now it's shot back up to nine or something like that. So wow. it's um. It's not, but it's not been good, and you, I never know what to what to think here. Do you, you question? Surely you question like the uh, the, me, the medical team and training. Yeah. Like, why are so many players getting injured? Um, right, but yeah. you're not the only team, are you? To be honest, no, I no. don't know. It's happening a lot around the country, so it's a well, valid question. Some is always bad luck, but yeah. when it's happening this much you've got to wonder if you know if there's training issues or that sort of thing have you any optimism at all in springing a shock on Sunday do you know what on my Super 6 I predicted a 1-0 town because I know that no one else will have done it in the country yeah. <laughs> it could be rich come out <laughs> so that was like if <laughs> that was my uh, my blind optimism I think um I think when I did look, it was like ninety nine percent advertised for a city win. Obviously, um, look, um, we're not going to win the FA Cup this season, and um, I mean it, it could be a very memorable day. But if we only lose by five, I'd be uh, <laughs> I'd be happy. Wow. <laughs> the problem Honestly, is I don't. I don't know who else Pep could put out his, himself. You know, like, he's yeah. not really going to put under-18s into the side. No. Unless he surprises left field. So it, it won't be the strongest. And I think you'd be glad. Kevin De Bruyne, Doku and Haaland are all in training, but I would not expect them to start this game at all. Yeah. So, uh, But it'd still be a fairly strong side. So I always end with a score prediction. So, sorry. <laughs> are you going with 5-0 still? I'm going to go with 3-0 anyway, I'm saying. City tend to ease off whenever they go ahead, which can be problematic, as we saw against Crystal Palace the other week. I think we'll nick a goal. I think um, our our centre-back, top goal scorer, Michael Hellick, will get a a goal to get him on to, I think it'd be eight goals for the season, which is pretty wild. Um, But yeah, 4-5-1 maybe. 
I think okay. City. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we don't we, we don't keep many clean sheets, so you might be right. So, Tom, that, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. I really appreciate it. Nice or no worries, Howard. See you later. Yeah, yeah. And after the uh, after the weekend, all the best for the the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. you too, yeah. mate. Brilliant. Right, we'll go back now to the panel to preview Sunday's game. Okay, thanks again to Tom. Uh, Not the most optimistic right now. Uh, Before we look forward to Sunday's match, George, I'll start with you. FA Cup third round. Through my life, since I understood what football was, this has been a big highlight of the calendar for me. Is it for you? Uh, Has it ever been for you? Do, Do you look forward to this very long weekend of football? Yeah, yeah, I, I do look forward to it, and maybe more so when I was younger, um, when City, mm. you know, weren't playing in, in Europe and all these kinds of things. It was it was very very exciting then, and and it still is now. It's um, especially if you get a great tie. I think the fact that they sh- they stretch out the games these days from Thursday to Monday slightly does dilute it for me. It would be nice if they could, you know, have a one Friday night game and then leave yeah. the rest in the weekend. I think it would make it a bit more exciting with loads of games going on at the same time. But hey, it's a business, and I understand why they stretch it out for the TV money. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, I do enjoy the th- FA Cup and especially the third round. And looking, um, I always do love an upset as long as it's not against City. So I'm hoping to see a few of those this weekend. What? What did you want when the draw was about to be made? Did you want a home, easy home tower? Did you want a way no. to League One or Two or something? Like yeah, that? I wanted an, an away game to um, to a lower league side, to maybe a ground that I've, I've not been to before, and because you get a bigger allocation for the away side in the FA Cup, so easier to get the away tickets as well. So that's what I was hoping for. Huddersfield away, I would have would have enjoyed probably more than Huddersfield at home, um, but. No, all the same. It's it's nice to have a another match to go yeah. to at the Etihad. So I'm not I'm not totally against it, but I would have liked a, right. an away an away day for the first few rounds of the FA Cup for sure. We, we did draw them uh, seven years ago uh, away, and it was a, a absolutely tedious nil nil draw before <laughs> they won the replay five one. But as I was saying to Tom uh, in part two, they do have the Magic Rock Brewery in Huddersfield, which is easily one of the best in the country. So. Yeah, would it be worth going to Huddersfield just for that? I think so. Yeah. And, uh, Pri- priorities, eh? Who yeah, well, exactly. Yes. Who cares about the match? Bit of magic rock. <laughs> a good day out, apart from the football, is what we yeah. always used to say. So, uh, impossible question for you then, Lloyd. How important is this trophy to City? Because the the last thing we want is to get to the semi final and Pep to put a week inside out because of other commitments. But he does take stuff seriously, obviously, most of the time. Mm, well, but that's usually a kind of a symptom of of a success, really, isn't it? Because we're usually yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We're usually absolutely on fire, you know, in terms of the Premier League and Champions League, and it's just the it's almost a game too much at that stage of the season. But look, we're the holders. Um, you know, I think it, who did I think we it beat will, again? Will be. I don't know. I don't know. I can't <sighs> remember what, what happened that weekend. To be fair, no. Yeah, um, we'll come back to us, don't we? I just remember getting to my seat and then it all just being a bit crazy. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think, no, it will be important. You know, we've we've gone out of the Carabao early, which I was actually very happy with this season because I think the way that the season kind of has been, the number of games and the injuries, I think that probably has helped us. Uh, and for example, you know, Liverpool have got Arsenal 
and then they've got the the Carabao double semis. That's that's not what you want at this time of the season, really. No. Not when you've lost Salah and Endo. Um, so I think that's kind of fallen nicely for us. So I think they'll attack the the FA Cup. I think Pep will rotate a little bit um, on Sunday, but you know he, he, his record has been to really play strong teams. And I think I kind of always say this on FA Cup podcast, but I think when Pep leaves, it will be one of the defining things of his time as City manager that he always really took the cup seriously and paid mm. them kind of a huge amount of respect. Quick quiz question. Don't think it's easy, this one at all. City and Huddersfield, uh, two managers have managed both clubs in the last 30 years or so. Any idea who those two are? In the last 30, you said? Yeah, I mean, I've not gone back any further. And Joe I, Royal? So I might have, Joe Royal, eh? yeah. Joe Royal? No. I could just tell you, but... Mm. Mark It's Hughes? not easy. It's, no. Stuart Pearce? <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you. It's Brian Horton and Mel Machin have both managed Huddersfield Town. So. Mm, nice. Just before my time, I would go, yeah. Sorry. Sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so bored yesterday, I thought I'd look through their manager list. So there you go. Uh, George, is this a banana skin fixture at all? Um, it, it doesn't seem to be for, for me because it's, it's at home. We're on the back of uh, a few wins now, and the and the and the cup final win ourselves. So, I would like to think that they'll be all kind of up for it, and especially if there's a few young players involved, they'll really want to prove themselves. I don't think we'll be lax because we do have a break coming up. Um, like I said uh, earlier in the podcast for the winter break, so yeah, I think, no midweek, yeah, yeah, no midweek. So I think they would like to go into this game. Get the win, especially because we got a you know big game against uh, Newcastle next weekend. So they want a bit of momentum as well, I think. So I'd like to think they take it seriously, and it's it's not one of those games we look back on and we drop the ball on. I, I'd, I'd be very very shocked if uh, if we slipped up on this one. Right. Well, City of I mean, this time last year it was I think Chelsea, wasn't it four 0 So. After we'd beaten one in on the league, we then went mm. and beat them in the cup. City won the past 11 FA Cup home matches, scoring 47 goals and mm. conceding four. Their most, mm. oh God, I remember this one. Their most recent home defeat in the competition was against Sorry? Championship side Middlesbrough in January 2015. Oh. Was that so, Patrick Bamford? No, I, I think, I think they got the second late on, didn't you? But yeah. I just remember leaving by myself in you know, my usual mood. So. Because I had to go out that night. It's nothing worse, is the than losing the game you expect, especially one you expect to win, and then having to go out for the night and yeah, pretend it doesn't matter. So, Lloyd, the impossible task is yours, predicting the side. Uh, apparently, Rodri is in Madrid today, tomorrow, after the passing of his grandmother. Uh, Pep said, hopefully, he's back for the game, but family is the most important. Here, here, it is indeed. Were you expecting him to play anyway? Yes, I think I probably was. Um, just because we've got a week until Newcastle and then we've got the break, I thought he would have probably played. And we've had a few days since the last game. And Pep's position is usually just to play Rodri, isn't it? Um, mm. So 
prior to just this breaking news, which is that there could be a few absentees tomorrow because there's a spate of Sorry. illness within the squad. So um, Bernardo Silva, Nunes, Scott Carson and Calvin Phillips. I think we can take the hit of the latter two, no offence to them. Yeah. Uh, so Bernardo Silva, Nunes, Rodri were three possible absentees. Yeah, I mean, that would that would leave us pretty light, wouldn't it, with the fact that I don't think any of De Bruyne, Doku or Haaland will start tomorrow. It sounds like KDB, Doku might get some minutes off the bench. I think don't I don't think Haaland will. Again, Pep's comments this afternoon kind of reiterate that he's in a slightly different place, like a little bit further back than the other two. But yeah, if there was no Bernardo, no Nunes, no Rodri, what would the midfield look like? I mean, it would be what Kovacic, Lewis, and Phil with Oscar Bob, Grealish, and Alvarez. I think that's probably that's probably your only option if those guys are unavailable. Um, back four, I think it doesn't matter, does it? Any back four will be fine. I think that's where we're kind of at at the moment. Be good to be- bench, good to bench Walker. <laughs> oh, um, as if. But, you know, he's obviously got Pep's nudes this season. Um, I I felt like tagging the Pep's Twitter account in that video of every Kyle Walker shot this season that was doing the rounds this week Mm. on Twitter. Um, I I mean, you just forget some of those because they are so forgettable. But, wow, he he just loves putting it into Rosette, doesn't he? Um, So, yeah, I think defence, honestly, who I I wouldn't... I wouldn't bat an eyelid at any defence. Um, but yeah, I think that will probably be close to the front six, depending on what's wrong with Bernardo, Nunes, and if Rodri's back from seeing his family. See, I'd ask you about Bernardo skin three minutes ago, George, and suddenly this small squad comes to bite you on the backside again, does it not, if you take a few players out? Uh, yeah, it, it, so- it does. It- it does leave Just to start, sorry, you don't, do you not either think, Doku, Harlan, KDB, no way Kevin De Bruyne starts. No way Harlan starts, I don't think. I heard two weeks ago, Doku was pretty much ready. So I guess he could start, but do you think any of those three would start yourself? I, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if so, but like you've just alluded to, I think if any of them are going to, I think it would be Doku. Yeah. Um, and then Pep's comments about how Harlan's is a, is a bone injury and there being a bit more cautious. Um I think he he I don't think he'll feature at all. And De Bruyne, if if he's looking if this Pep's saying he's he's really, really good, then may, maybe he comes on if we're if we're on top and winning for the last fifteen minutes with then a view to featuring heavily against Newcastle would be kind of my guess. But yeah, I don't see any of them starting. I think I think the the front three will be will be Grealish, Bob, and and Alvarez with, yeah, the, with Foden, Kovacic, Rico midfield probably. Uh, that's. I know it's Huddersfield helps, so you'd be all right, both of you with Kovacic, Rico as the yeah the deeper midfielders. I, I I think I would be, and I think you know they've got to is we've got to see Kovacic in that deeper role, maybe where Rodri was a, a bit more, because we're going to need him to play there and cover there. As the season progresses and the get and the games rack up, maybe I'd be more worried if, if for example, Huddersfield were were top of the championship and playing the kind of football that Leicester are playing at the moment, 
um, or or even Ipswich or some somebody like that. Maybe I'd, I'd be a bit worried, but because of their form and the, the fact they're twenty first in the the championship, I'm not so sure how much of a priority this game is for them when they're that close to kind of the drop zone in the championship. They'll just be Darren Moore's probably goal will be to just drag them up the league as much as he can. So. Yeah, I'd like to think the players we still have available with that spate of illness should get us over the line. The here's, way, uh, here's one for you, Howard. Um, yeah, shows I've done a bit of research. So I would hope so. Huddersfield had uh, one of the lowest amounts of possession in their last game against Leicester, uh, which they lost four-one. They had twenty-four percent possession. So I think against City at the weekend, it could be. It could break records. It could be close to kind of 80 for City. Uh, mm. So I would expect, you know, if it had to be Kovacic and Lewis, I think if there's any game where you where you can cope with that, it would be where the team are literally going to come and play back five, you have the ball and just counter-attack yeah. through wingers. The only issue, of course, this is... Yeah, I'm not going to start panicking for Huddersfield at home because we still put a good team out. But Lloyd, there will be nothing on the bench, will there? No, I mean, you'd probably have literally the lads that, the young lads that went to um, the Middle East for the Club World Cup. So, you know, Suoso, um, Hamilton, etc. But yeah, I mean, you, you could literally be. I think it could be Carson and, and Edison on the bench. <laughs> you might see Edison in midfield. Well, Carson's Maybe Edison one of the old ones. On. Yeah. Of course. Well, Carson's yeah, of one course. of the old ones, but I guess it's possible, like Nunes or Bernardo Silva, if they're mostly recovered or good enough for the bench. We just don't know, do we? So. Maybe well, Richard, Wright Wright will, uh, Richard Wright will get his gloves out from the uh, from the training staff and uh, be the <laughs> third-choice goalie for the day. Yeah. It's good timing anyway, I guess, if we're going to carry this. Uh, the way Pep's talking about early Carlin, absolutely zero chance of him starting uh, Agreed. this game. Or playing, yeah. I'd say. I don't think he's going to be on the bench. Oh, sorry, I meant that. Uh, any involvement at all early on Sunday, no way. Uh, but generally, Doku and Kevin De Bruyne feel really, really good. So, yeah, I would say, Doku, it's possible he could start. Kevin De Bruyne, I would hope he could get 20 minutes. Because he's got to play at some point and he's got to get match fitness back. Uh, so, obviously, they're being cautious. But, yeah, we're trying to pick the side. We're suddenly very restricted with choices, aren't we? So, it's, Well, I, I um, guess we should say it's, it's what, Friday lunch, if they're ill, might yeah. they be okay by 2pm on Sunday? Yeah. I mean, it really it's going to depend what the illness is, isn't it? I mean, Pep's just said Phillips has been ill for six days. So, um You'd think you'd probably like to think that a couple of them will be might be all right by then. Yeah, let's hope so. It's just a numbers thing, really, is it not? So yeah, we will see. Right, I'll end then with a score prediction. George, is that you? Uh, I'm going to go three nil City. Okay, I think I did when I spoke to Tom. Yeah, so Lloyd. Yeah, full house. I'd I'd like to see another clean sheet, please, lads. That would be nice. Yeah. Right, I think that's everything. There's not much more we can say about this. Uh, I could have another rant and I'm disappointed it didn't stay at three o'clock on a Saturday, but hey, at least I get to have a lamb nahari on Sunday morning before we go to the pub. So yeah, let's uh, hope for a clean sheet, nice comfortable victory and get in 
a pretty much fully fit squad back by the time Newcastle comes around. So, George, thank you very much for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Howard. No, thank you very much. And I hope your illness uh, has completely gone by Sunday as well. Cheers, mate. Um, before we actually just end, I thought we we could we could just spend one minute on uh, one of your favourite sections, which is laughing at United. Um, Ugh, I'm not going to turn down that request now, I'm Do you think there's any chance Wigan get something or beat them um, on Monday? Because I think I think there is. I think they I think they they could lose that. The ghost mm. of Sean Maloney from 2012 season. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hoping I don't for. know, but... It's at Wigan, it's on a Monday, it's it's on telly. United are so bad. I mean, you, you you know, they should win, obviously, but they're just not in a good moment. Wigan are doing okay. Maloney's getting quite good reviews about some of his coaching. Did a good job up in Scotland. I don't think it's out yeah. of the realms of possibility. Their results haven't been that good, to be honest, but... It is the FA Cup. It is a Monday night. That United would much rather have played, as you say, like three o'clock on a Saturday and have a Monday night. And almost as funny, perhaps, would be a draw. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably laugh more if they had to take them back for a replay, uh, which no team really wants replays anymore, do they? So it's it's possible, I guess, but I, I wouldn't. I don't know. Would you put money on it, Lloyd? Worth a couple of quid. It's the kind of thing that you might just throw a couple of quid on, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, there are probably more likely upsets if you look at the fixtures for this weekend. But I just, I, I just think I could, I could see it. Um, Ten Hag should probably play his best eleven just to try and get them into some form. But who knows? Yeah, it's quite a dull fixture list, isn't it? There were not a lot of these like Premier League sides away to League One or Two. There's quite a lot of old Premier League ones. There's a lot of, you know, teams from the same division playing. Uh, so it does stand out. Well the twelve to one Lloyd if you want to put a couple of quid on Wigan. So Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I thought it'd be a bit more, or maybe not. So fingers crossed that would be is that that's surely too much to ask for, but we will see. Anyway, uh George Lloyd, thank you very much again. Uh that is a wrap and a quick note to non-subscribers uh, we did 263 shows in 2023 one of them a free live show too and we're aiming to get only bigger and better with every passing month and year so give us a go if you haven't already for less than the cost of a pint each month lots more content coming up every single week have a great weekend everyone and as always up the blues